Welcome everybody to The Called from First Fisherman Media. Again, we are on the road today. We are at the wonderful convent of the Sisters of Life in Philadelphia. And uh, they were kind enough to let us come and record at their convent, which is beautiful. We just had adoration, so we're feeling great. And we have with us uh, Sister Gemma today. We are going to hear her vocation story. And before we do that, Sister Gemma has agreed to open us in a prayer as well. So we'll start there. Sister, please take it. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks so much for, for coming and for having us. So let's pray. Thank you, Sister. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, we praise you, we love you, we thank you um, for this time together, Lord. We thank you for the call that you have placed in each of our hearts and each of our lives. We thank you for the grace to respond, to say yes. Lord, we entrust this conversation and this time to you. We ask you to send your Holy Spirit down upon us, to anoint our minds and our lips and our hearts. And blessed Mother, we entrust this time to you as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us, Sister Gemma. We're so excited. Absolutely. We know you, but now we're going to get to know you even a little bit deeper. So this is a wonderful thing. And the purpose of the show, again, just to remind everybody who just joined in, is to... to number one, inspire. I want the goal is to inspire more vocations to our church. That's number one. But also just to let us to get to know our our religious, uh, because sometimes maybe there's a intimidation factor a little bit. You guys dress a little differently. We're very scary. Right, you're scary. <laughs> People, you might think you're on a movie set if you're walking down the street or something, some Harry Potter thing or whatever. <laughs> we get crazy things. Right, right. <laughs> so we wanted just people to know that that's not the case. You're just a person, and um, we'd love to hear. Um, a little bit about your background and start wherever you want, just what you would consider your faith journey. Like, good. How did you get here? Andrew, good call. I was listening to a Patrick Madrid uh, CD, um, pretty famous apologist, and uh, he was saying that he said, you know, for those of us who are cradle Catholics, you're born and raised into it. Mm-hmm. But he said, if not, you kind of might look at the whole thing inquisitively, like what, what's the deal with that building and the stained glass windows or in your case, you know, the sisters or the priest mm-hmm. walking down, you mm-hmm. know, and they're clerics or in you know and their habit and their veil and all so yeah really yeah. good point so yeah sister i'm super pumped as you know uh to be here because i absolutely love your order and i love all of you so i'm really excited for this time together to be able to get to know you better personally and just bring who you are uh to light so can i start with one question please yeah what's your real name sister Gemma? my are we allowed to ask kind of that's a secret, Pete. Oh, it is? <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> All right, your sister Gemma. But I wasn't born Gemma. That's, I'll say that. <laughs> then can we start there? What made you choose Gemma as your, what's the official, as your? As my religious name. Your religious name. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah. What made you choose Gemma? Yeah, so my, my full religious name is Sister Gemma Grace Marie. Um, but Gemma is after St. Gemma Galgani. She's Italian. And I didn't know anything about her until I was a postulant. So my first year um, in the community um, before we're called Sister. Um, and we, yeah, during a time of discernment, um, she just really um, claimed me and, and wanted to be my friend and literally started following me around. So I got to know her. And uh, she's, she's amazing. She's a powerhouse. 
Yeah, St. Gemma Gagani. Um, could you tell a little bit about her? Like, just give a couple, you know. Like, sure, like, yeah. So she's um, she's from Italy, and she lived in the late 1800s and really lived a very simple, hidden life. Um, she suffered a lot. Um, she lost her parents and some of her siblings at a young age, um, but really had a heart for the poor and also for her family. So she lived um, helping take care of her younger siblings after her after her mom died and um, and really experienced this tremendous loss. Um, but always allowed that to lead her back to Jesus and really loved him with a with a purity of love. Um, so later in her life, at the end of her life, she experienced some extraordinary um, mystical graces um, and really uniting her sufferings to the cross um, for the salvation of souls. So she had a great love um, for... Uh, for sinners, really, for the conversion of sinners. And she would plead with the Lord um, to save them and really remind him, like, this is why you came, Jesus. Like, you died on the cross to save him, and I want him in heaven. Um, so she she was unafraid and um, really, really powerful. Yeah. And you loved that about her? You know, no, that intimidated me. (laughs) (laughs) This girl suffered a lot, and she was really intense. She ended up with the stigmata and all these crazy things. Um but as I've gotten to know her better, um, I really have fallen in love with her, her purity um, and yeah, her, just her capacity to love and to keep her eyes on Jesus. And um, she was very aware of her humanity and her sinfulness um, and, and the price that Jesus paid um, for her sins so that she could be with him in heaven forever. And I just love that about her. Yeah, praying for for her purity of faith and for her perseverance in times of struggle. You know that our our sufferings and our pain wouldn't um, bring us away from the Lord, but would draw us closer to Him. Mm-hmm. You cannot see Sister Gemma right now, but if you could see her, we just woke something up inside of her. I could see it like interiorly, which is beautiful because that's what the saints are able to do mm-hmm. for us just simply mm-hmm. by getting to know them. I love it. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I, Andrew, I leave this over to you because you are the leader of, uh, of this show. You have all the good no, I'm just, the, the I'm just good curious questions. about the, uh, yeah, so tell us, um, I don't know, where did you grow up? Sort of, what is your, your journey? Who uh, am I? Who yes. are you? Yeah. Who's Sister Gemma? I, um, so my dad was in the army. So when I was little, we, we moved around a little bit. I was born in uh, Fort Bragg, North Carolina, moved a few times, but then landed um, in Fort Benning, Georgia um, when I was 10. And then my dad ended up retiring. So we've been, I I consider myself from Georgia. We were there um, since I was 10. And um, yeah, I'm the youngest of three and grew up in a Catholic family. So received all the sacraments, went to Sunday school, learned to pray my rosary, all all those kinds of things. Really... Um, I'm very blessed um, to have parents who are 42 years now married, I think, and still r- totally in love. So that's um, really a, one of the best gifts of my life is, is their love for each other. And then um, they're raising me in the faith. Mm-hmm. All right, um, where do you fall in order with your siblings? I'm the youngest. Okay. Mm-hmm. And do you have sisters, brothers? Or I one? have um, one brother and one sister. So the oldest is uh, my brother. And he's married with two little ones. And then my sister also married with um, with two little ones. So three little ones now, actually. Yeah. So how is it? Fun. For, I'm oh, a happy aunt. I was going to say, how is it for you? Um, how is it for them? Like having a nun in the family? What's it like? Like, you know, or for your siblings? Sure. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's a funny thing. Um, I think so. My sister's family, they're like 
super Catholics. They've got like the rosary toys when they like come out of the womb. <laughs> and so they're very familiar quickly with religious life. Um, my brother's family is a little um, more tentative and like, who is this? Um, but it's a, it's a lot of fun and it, it leads to lots of um, fun questions. And yeah, I just love them. I love them. Did you remain, were you, so you're cradle Catholic. Were you um, sort of with the faith your entire life or were there, was there ever a journey where you said, you know, maybe at some point in your early life said, I don't know, I'm going to try what this, the world's offering some pretty interesting fruits. Maybe I'll try that. Yes. I, you know, my faith definitely um, was tested when I went to college um, so Where did you go? I went to Georgia Tech, um, in Atlanta. Um, so very secular school. Um, so yes, I would say I, um, I arrived in college and there was a Catholic center right in the heart of like fraternity row. Um, and definitely when I got there was going to mass on Sundays cause that's how I was raised, you know, but, um, yeah, very easy to get distracted and, and pulled into what the world is offering. Um, so I would say, yes, I, there was a, a time where I, um, ended up a little far from my faith and then, um, God has been so gracious and merciful and good to me and, and bringing me back. Um, so I'm, yeah, endlessly amazed at where, he's brought me now. If you told my like sophomore in college self that I was going to be a sister of life, I would be like, no way you're crazy. <laughs> that was not what were you studying in school. What did I what study? Did um, I got my undergraduate degree in, um, industrial engineering. And then I, um, at a certain point went back for my master's, um, in, uh, math education. So I was kind of I was on a journey. <laughs> that was before I entered. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, that's not theology one on one sister. No, definitely <laughs> not. I was behind the the times when I entered. I had a lot to learn. <laughs> did you go to um, public school or did you go to Catholic school? Growing public up? school my whole life. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So did you actually que- so you didn't question the faith, but you were sort of tempted by the world, what the world had to offer, and you were questioning whether, were you ever questioning the truth of the Catholic faith, or were you just questioning how closely you're like, okay, maybe I'll just do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I'll sort of get a combination. Yeah, I think um, for me, it was more um, a matter of priorities. Um, You know, growing up, like church was important and faith was important. I didn't have a concept of, so I grew up in the Bible Belt. And so they're always talking about your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that was a foreign concept to me. Um, And so I would say I thought um, church was important, but it wasn't central enough in my life at the time. So when I entered college, it was a Georgia Tech Engineering School, a lot of pressure. I had a scholarship to keep, so I was really thrown into um, my studies. And then um, just college life, you know, sounds like fun. And um, it was it was little by little. I didn't even really notice it. But um, I started, um, you know, I'd stay up late on a Saturday night, and then I was too tired to go to Mass the next morning, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it started. So it wasn't like I've decided to leave the church. It was just... I got distracted, right, and got caught up in other things. Um, but I will tell you that um, God is so merciful and he's so good because I remember um, this would have been the very end of my sophomore year in college. Um, I was alone in my room one night, and I just had this um, 
it was a grace. It was a total grace where my eyes were opened and I saw that my life wasn't what I wanted it to be. I realized that I, um, I was very anxious and scared and alone and insecure and making decisions that I wasn't proud of and, and kind of had this moment of like, how did I get here, you know? Mm. And I recognized this need um, for God. Um, and I realized that I had gotten my, my priorities out of order and, and I decided I wanted to change that. Um, and so it's really, um, I love thinking like what the, what the Lord must've been, been thinking when he saw me back then, because after that I decided like, okay, I'm going to get my life back in order. And so I'm going to, um, at that point my grades had kind of slipped. So okay, I'm going to, I'm going to work on my studies. I'm going to get my grades up, keep my scholarship that I'm about to lose. I'm in danger of losing. Then I'm going to start going to church on Sundays and then I'm going to, you know, change my life. And so that I tried that for like six or seven months and um, trying to do the right thing, you know. Um, but one thing I remember, I was very afraid of. I knew I needed to go to confession. I hadn't been to confession since middle school. And that was terrifying. So I was like, I'm not ready for that. So first I'm going to get everything right. And then I'm going to go confess the sins I used to <laughs> fall into. But I don't do that stuff anymore, you know. Uh, but that didn't work. <laughs> Does this resonate with anyone? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, after, so about six or seven months into that, um, this is um, December and it's finals week. And I have this really big test the next day. And for me, um, I found my self-worth and my identity really in my grades. I was a good student. That's, that's where I found my, my worth. And so the idea of losing my scholarship was like total failure. Life is over. Um, and, and this one test basically in my mind at the time like determined my whole future. So I was freaking out. And I, I realized that... Um, uh, basically, well, I went to church and I was like, Lord, you need to help me. I have to get a good grade on this test. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Lord uses everything. <laughs> um, but that that night changed my life forever and really put me on a completely different um, path. And so I remember I went to the Catholic Center and um, the priest, he always heard confessions before mass. And I had this, I, I kind of knew like, this is, this is my moment. Like, this is what I've been putting off for so long. And, um, in this, this moment of fear, I really knew that I needed, I needed that grace. Um, but I was so afraid. So I kept jumping in and out of the line. And then, um, it came time for mass. I was like, oh, well, I got out of that. Like confessions are over. Well, then the priest comes out and he goes, oh, there's still people in line. You know what? I'll start, I'll start confessions again after mass. So I was like, shoot. So I go to mass. Build up. <laughs> I know. I was so nervous. So I went to mass and I remember after mass, I just sat in that, in the chair for a really, really long time. And this was the moment of grace for me because I, um, I really just, it was one of my, uh, first really authentic prayers of my heart to the Lord. And I just started um, sharing with him all of my fears and my anxieties and how, you know, my life is a mess. And I've been trying these last six months, you know, get my life back on track. And I just can't do it. No matter what I try, it's not good enough. Um, you know, I'm still struggling with these things and I'm still going to lose my scholarship and, and my life is over and I don't know what to do. And, um, and God is so good because when I just turned to him in that way and was honest with him about what I was um, experiencing and struggling with, he just swooped 
right in. And um, I had this experience that I'll never forget that's such a um, treasure, kind of these once-in-a-lifetime graces of really knowing myself to be his daughter and experiencing his love for me and knowing that that love was not conditional um, regardless of my sins, regardless of my grades, um, regardless of, of anything, um, that I am his daughter, that that's where my identity comes from, and that that's never going to change, and that's a truth that I can rest on. Um, so so everything was different. Everything was different after that. I went to confession. I was bawling the whole time. Um, and then my life was different. That was um, right before Christmas break. Um, and I came back from Christmas break, and all of a sudden, I was going to Mass every day. I was making these new friends at the Catholic Center. All of my sorority sisters were like, what's going on with you? Like, why are you there all the time? Um, but God is so good. I mean, my wardrobe changed, the books I read, the music I listened to, what I did on Friday nights, like everything, 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 because I had experienced this love. Um, and, and I just wanted more. Um, so that's... What year was that, sister? That was... College, I mean. Sophomore, it was junior. my junior year of college, fall okay. of my junior year of college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Did you, were you discerning, um, did you notice that you had a, um, a calling to um, become a sister at that point? Or that was, that was just, that was not really, that was just sort of the reversion back to the faith in a more serious way. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I, religious life was not on my radar at all growing up. So I, I took a trip to Europe with my family when I was 12 and I saw some sisters in a train station in Italy. And that was my, like, vision of sisters were like, okay, the Vatican, that makes sense, like, holy people, nuns. Um, so that wasn't on my radar. I always just expected to get married and, and have kids. So um, so junior year of college, after that experience, I actually met a young woman. Um, she is now Sister Aline Marie of the Parish Visitors. Um, but she was discerning religious life. And that blew my mind. I was like, whoa, like, it's one thing to, like, you know, go to church on Sundays and, like, learn about adoration and things like that. But, like, becoming a sister, like, that's a whole new level. Um, so that blew my mind. And I was like, I can't believe I'm friends with her. Like, this is crazy. Um, but kind of like the point of this podcast, like, I really, I learned, like, okay, like, these are normal people who are seeking holiness and have experienced God's love and, and want to give their lives to it. So she's the one that opened my eyes to even that possibility and the beauty of religious life. Um, and so I, you know, supported her and I visited a couple convents with her. Um, but it wasn't until uh, years after that where I, I came into my, my own vocation. Yeah. And what was that like? What did what what was the turning point for you where you said, OK, that was somebody else I knew, but this might be for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the big difference. So I. Um, and just for timeline, sister, is this yeah. still is this still college, junior, senior year when yes. she's taking you? On yes. those couple mm-hmm, tours. Mm-hmm. Of, yeah. yeah, it's that okay. next, next, next year and a half. So, um, so Sister Lena, so she. Um, so it's like a weekend and she's talking to you and saying, hey, can you come with me on Saturday or something like that and leave college and just come and take a look at a convent or something? Or is yeah, this yeah. on breaks you know, from. Yeah. yeah, we took a um, we actually took a road trip. Um, to at that point she was discerning with a cloistered community and I went with her. It was so cool. <laughs> I was like, they, these are like the hardcore nuns. Um, yeah. So we took a weekend road trip together for that. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't, I just want to okay. get a timeline. So Andrew, you were saying, so oh, just asking, yeah. So when did it become about you? Cause it was about her and you supporting her. Yeah. When did it become about you? Yeah. So I, um, so shortly after this experience I had in December of junior year, um, very quickly, actually that January, um, I was at a Bible study and it was the anniversary of Roe v. Wade. And so the Bible study had a pro-life theme. And there was a, a young student who was leading the study. And he just very casually said, like, you know, there's, um, there's almost 4,000 abortions every day in America. And when I heard that, I was shocked. I mean, I was Catholic and pro-life my whole life. But I didn't know that it was um, such a big issue and so common. I, in my mind, it was this um, tragic thing that happened sometimes, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but I didn't have a sense that this was something that was affecting um everyone around me, you know, in such a profound way. And so when I heard that, um, really like something struck in my heart and I was like, okay, I'm in, like, I have to do something. What, what can we do? And so I, um, I joined our students for life group on campus and I started, um, praying outside of abortion clinics and really getting involved in the, in the pro-life movement, let's say. Um, and so, so that I, I had a, a passion for, for pro-life work and, um, and shortly after I started, I had this sense that I really believe that this is something that I'm going to be doing for my life, that the, the Lord has put this on my heart and, and created my heart to, to love in this way and to serve in this way. And so after I graduated college, um, I had this idea that I was going to be this pro-life missionary. And I had no idea what that meant or what that would look like, but I was very on fire for the faith and really in love with Jesus and just wanting to follow him. And so I... Um, I kind of did a couple different things um, over the next few years, um, but one of the things I did was walked across the country with a group called um, Crossro- Crossroads um, Pro-Life Walks Across America. And no s- way. Yeah, it was Amazing. pretty awesome. Um, and, Do and you walk across the entire country? We walked across the country in relay style. Yeah. So like I personally didn't walk across the country, but we as a group did. Yeah. It's That's awesome. You should look awesome. it up, Crossroads. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we walked from uh, California to D.C., in a summer and um we go to we would go to mass every day together we would pray morning prayer and evening prayer together we would pray rosaries as we walked um and and that summer was the first time that i started to have this inkling that maybe the lord might be calling me um to be his in a more a more complete way um i think the space of the um the walking had this contemplative aspect to it right where my my heart just had space to um to to pray and to think and to hear his voice and to feel feel that stirring in my heart um so that was that was in 2011 and I have to say that at first I was um afraid of that (laughs) um and it was surprised me and I really wanted to be married and have a family um and I also yeah just wrestled with this like um how how could I be a sister? Um, because in my mind, sisters were just these holy, beautiful um, women that I just didn't associate myself with. Um, and so so yeah, it was a, it was a journey, and and Jesus was so patient with me, um, and and little by little opened opened my heart to the possibility. Um, Mm-hmm. Did you discern different communities at that point, or did you say, "I this pro-life thing"? There's one community for me because if I'm going to do it, the Sisters of Life are like built for me. Mm-hmm. Well, at that particular point, I said, "Well, why don't I go to grad school and I'll deal with this later?" 
<laughs> pause in the story. <laughs> Put a pause um, on the Lord. Yeah. But but once um, once I did start discerning seriously, um, the Sisters of Life were definitely the the first and only um, community that that right. I uh, discerned with because of the the charism of life. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And so how did how does one do you just reach out send an email make a phone? How call? did oh you even gosh. learn about the Sisters? It was of so intimidating. Life. Yeah. Um, so, so just for perspective, Sister Gemma is still very young. She just professed her final vows this last oh, August, um, which is God. just awesome. So thank you and God bless you. Um, thank you. Yeah. And um, and the Sisters of Life as an order have only been around for 30 yeah. years, as we heard on the Men for Life episode yeah. um, with Sister Maeve and with uh, Sister yeah. Cora. So so it's not like it's not like the Sisters of Life are just like on campus with you or in your so yeah how did you even find out about them as an order i um you know i actually don't remember the first time i heard about the sisters of life i was very um i was very much in the pro-life movement Mm -hmm. so i do know that at one point i was actually in new york city um doing an internship where I was um, sidewalk counseling outside of an abortion clinic. And we would actually hand out the Sisters of Life brochures to the women um, going into the clinic. And so I knew about the sisters for sure at that point. Um, and and then from there, I saw them at a, a focus conference mm-hmm. um, in Tennessee, actually. Um, so I I was definitely, they, they would kind of come up yeah. and, uh, and I was definitely drawn, um, to, to the sisters and to the community. And at that time, didn't, didn't think that I was called to religious life, just appreciated the work that they did and definitely recognized, um, the, the charism, um, was attractive. And so I had a friend who was discerning with the community actually. And she would talk about the Sisters of Life and, oh, they're wonderful and, oh, you have to meet them. And um, we have a retreat center in Stamford, Connecticut that offers young women's retreats. And so my friend and I planned this road trip to go to Connecticut for a young woman's retreat. And um, and I would say that weekend is when I um, became open to actually discerning um, seriously. And so that would uh, that was 2013. So just perspective, 2011 was Crossroads. And then I went to grad school. And 2013 um, was that weekend retreat where um, I remember I was, I was praying that weekend. And I was in this place, you know, young adult desiring to settle down in my vocation. And I was still just waiting to, like, meet the right guy, you know. Yeah. And I was like, Lord, like, you know that I love you, know that I want to serve you. You know that, like, I have all these good plans on, on what I want to do with my life and be this good Catholic pro-life person. And um, and I had this kind of tug on my heart that weekend where I recognized that I had been spending the last few years um, desiring to serve the Lord and telling him all the wonderful things I wanted to do for him. Um, but I hadn't been asking him what he wanted for my life. Right. And what would make me happy. And so I realized I was asking the wrong question. Um and so it was after that weekend retreat that I went home and I was like, okay, Lord, what, what do you want? You created my heart and you know what's going to um, what's going to fill it. And so um, so that's when I began began really open um, to the to the possibility of religious life. Um, and and that was that was a lot of fun because Jesus is so good and he had been so patient and he was like, I've got her attention. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So. Yeah. The young girl who uh, punted me forward two years finally is uh, <laughs> is is asking. <laughs> exactly. It's funny. I think this um, speaks to all of us and especially for young people. And this came up on our last episode mm. with is it Sister Eileen Marie? Is that 
Um, I'm blanking. Um, blanking It'll come back to me. But um, when I get a chance to drive one of the Mother Superiors for Missionaries of Charity, Mother Teresa's nuns, Mm -hmm. um, I was driving in the car with her to give her a ride down to D.C. And she said to me, I was asking her a question about all this. And she said, "Um, Peter, when God creates us, he puts a charism on each of our Mm -hmm. hearts. Mm -hmm. And our job in life is to find out what that charism Mm -hmm. is, because that's where we're going to find true joy and happiness. Mm -hmm. And I was like, got it. You know what I mean? Like it was, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think and that's what the sister who was on with us for the last episode was sharing is that if most young people would just simply take the time to do what you did, sister, Mm -hmm. which is why don't you discern first? And that doesn't mean you're like signing up, you know, to become a priest or a nun for the rest of your life. But why don't you just go spend that weekend in the car Mm -hmm. with the other sister and just Mm -hmm. go check a few things out or do that walking rosary, you know, Mm -hmm. or walk across the Mm -hmm. country and, or go to that retreat. Why don't you just do that and just, you know, open up to that and then Mm -hmm. let God ask that question, the right Mm -hmm. question, then let God steer the ship. And then after that, if you discern that is the charism he placed on your heart, you know, wonderful. And if you didn't, that's okay too. Maybe he called you to married life. Maybe he called you to single life, maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, and then, Mm -hmm. but unfortunately what you're describing is really like hitting, um, I don't know, hitting the nail on the head or striking a chord with me because it's, I think that's what most young people are doing right now is it's like, okay, I got to go to college and get my degree and like do really well in school right. and get my good job and have my, yeah. you know, my house and my, you know, my white picket fence and 2.4 children and my dog mm-hmm. named Rover. And you know what I mean? it's like, it's like this image in our yeah. head that we're trying to, but that's not, it's what you just described. That's not it necessarily. Right. So Yes. Yeah. And the religious life, it's so contrary to what the culture is offering us as happiness. And so, um, yeah, it took me a long time to even wrap my brain about around the the concept of like, what what does this look like? What does this mean? This is so different than what I expected. Um, Yeah. So when you decided that you were going to do this and the Lord said, this is what I want you for, I want you for myself, essentially. Mm -hmm. Once you came into the the whole discernment process when actually being here at the um, with the sisters did you know it was right right away or did it have to grow on you over time and was there like a back and forth or was it like oh thank gosh like what this is amazing (laughs) like this is exactly what it was i was supposed to do all the time yeah that's a great question i um god is so good and once he had once he had my intention Um, so after that, that young women's retreat, I went back home and I decided, um, so I was in, I was finishing grad school at this point and I decided, you know what, I'm just going to go to the church. Um, and this, this (laughs) ended up with some funny encounters with the pastor there because sometimes the church would be locked or sometimes the the church would be open, but then the blessed sacrament chapel would be locked. So I would just like get as close to the tabernacle as I could (laughs) on any given day and just sit there and be like, okay, Lord, you know, here I am, um, I, I love you and, and I'm open to, to what you want. Um, and he just started um, removing obstacles and opening doors. Mm. And so it was, um, it, and I think actually he just knew that he should like grab me as fast <laughs> as he could while I was open to it. Um, so it was, he, he's so good. I, um, I shortly after that realized like, okay, this is something that, you know, this is something that's been me and, and the Lord in prayer, but, um, it's time for me to kind of bring somebody else into this conversation. So I, um, I called the, 
the parish office and made an appointment with the priest, which was a scary move. And then I sat down with him and he's like, you know, how, how can I help you this morning or whatever? And I'm like, well, you know, Father, the, the thing is, I'm just, you know, I've been praying about this for a while and I just think, you know, um, well, I don't know, but, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe I might be being called to religious life. I don't know. And <laughs> just like really nervous and hesitant, you know, and he was like, well, do you have a community in mind? And I'm like, well, you know, I don't, there's these sisters in New York, and well, I don't know, but I went on a retreat with them, and, and he goes, why don't you give them a call? And I was like, ah! Was like, <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we um, actually, for our community, what usually happens is um, we have a form online um, on our website to fill out. Um, if you're interested in the community and so it's just like basic questions and then the vocations office will reach out to you so I remember um, I think I filled that out at least 20 times before I actually hit send you know <laughs> so I like, like fill it all out and like okay I'm not ready yet um, but anyways fill out the form and then eventually hit send and then and then the vocation instructor, like the next day, emailed me back. I was like, oh my gosh, it worked. It's really happening. Um, <laughs> this is another common theme with you, sister. We're pushing it off six to, you know. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, you know, it's true. God's very patient. Thanks be to God. <laughs> <laughs> so they get back to you. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 that's yeah. okay. Um, but yeah, talk, talked on the phone, um, came on another retreat, um, met with the vocation instructor. Um, and then soon after that, um, did we call it an extended stay. So I spent a week at the postulant house, um, learning more about the community and time in prayer. Um, and then, and then eventually met with mother and, and requested an application and, and entered. Um, and yeah, God is good and really faithful. Um, I, when I graduated, um, from grad school, I had, um, some debt from student loans, you know, and, um, I was like, okay, Lord, well, if you want me to enter now, you're going to have to, to help me, um, because I, I can't enter with these, with these loans, you know, under my belt. So, um, so God is so good and, um, provided so many generous people at the parish, the Knights of Columbus, um, the Council of Catholic Women, different groups, um, and friends and family um, helped me pay off my loans that I could enter. So it it happened. It was it was like kind of a dream um, and really blessed. And um, you know the Lord. I think he he knows that it's difficult and he gives the graces. Um, like yeah. Andrew was asking before, sister, when you walked in, um, was it one of those things where as soon as you walked in, you just felt like this tremendous peace and you knew like as soon as you hit the doors that mm -hmm. first year or, mm -hmm. or even at that one week? Or was it something that happened a little bit like slowly over time? What's yeah, I for me, I think it's different for different people. But for me, when I entered, I never questioned whether or not this was God's will. Um, I questioned whether or not it was my will sometimes, <laughs> mm. um, but I knew that, that this was his, um, his desire, um, for my happiness, really, that this was what was going to bring me freedom and joy. And that's really, um, been the experience of my religious life is, um, a continual growth in freedom and in love and healing actually. And it's been, um, really tremendous just to experience that you know I sometimes I joke because I remember when I first entered um, 
you know, I thought I was pretty holy when I, you know, I'm entering a convent, becoming a nun. Like that seems pretty hardcore, you know, like yeah, scale of one to 10, you're right? like nine and a half. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and I had this idea of like, this is what I wanted to do for God. Like mm-hmm. I want to make this total gift of myself to God, which is beautiful and true and good. Um, so you but, built your own pedestal and you're just going <laughs> up there to like the first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but I had no idea um, what a gift he desired to give mm-hmm. me in it. Um, which has just been so, um, so beautiful and, and awe-inspiring really of just how, how much he loves uh, me and desires uh, my joy and, and my freedom, like I said. And so, um, yeah, he's so good and it's always an invitation. Um, you know, he's, he's a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on anyone. Um, and he just holds out the invitation. You've been a tough cookie for, uh, for God. So it's kind of, it's cool. Cause I, I, I recognize that each person's vocation story mm-hmm. is a little bit different. And so you've just drawn a little closer, like a little bit at a time as he's inviting you, you're like taking one mm-hmm. step forward, one step forward. Yeah. It sounds like it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for your time and explaining to us. Oh, this has know. been so fun. Thank you for, yeah. for, 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 uh, for taking the time and mm-hmm. explaining your story and telling us about your mm. how the Lord has called you and, and shaped you and such a beautiful life that you live and I wanted we could end maybe with a prayer but before we do do you have anything that you would say to any woman or any man that is discerning a religious calling like this sort of message out in a bottle to them at the moment yeah I think the the first thing that comes to mind is don't be afraid you know that we have a good good father and and he loves you and and he created your heart and knows um he knows how he created your heart to love and he knows um what's gonna bring you joy and happiness and and fulfillment in your life and i would also say that it's his work not yours and so that kind of takes the pressure off you know to just ask the question lord what what do you desire Mm. and it's not it's not because we're holy and perfect and and worthy of this life it's total gift um and the question is you know what what gift does the lord desire um for you and and ask for the the courage and the grace to say yes well that's amazing and and we'd love to have you on as a part two because this is a little bit of a shorter episode because of uh, some time constraints so i'd love to hear more and go deeper into into your story but i think it's a good um maybe can i ask one question just before we wrap up is it okay but time constraints, sister, it has to be a quick one. Okay. All right. Uh, I know as part of your role, you actually did a few years in the healing ministry with the Sisters of Life. So yes. so, so on the surface, we all generally know what you do as Sisters of Life. Okay, but sure. would you just mind mentioning that um, quickly, like, you know, sure. about that whole healing yes. ministry? Yeah. Yes. So I, um, after I professed first vows, I was missioned to the Hope and Healing Mission of the Sisters of Life, where we serve women who have suffered from abortion. And um, that was amazing. And I, I loved every minute of it because, first of all, the women are so courageous who come to us um, seeking healing and mercy and forgiveness and sharing their stories so vulnerably. Um, and so I received so much from their courage and also uh, really a stronger faith that God is who he says he is, that he is faithful, he is loving, he is merciful, and he makes all things new. And it's really, really true. And I saw that over and over again, the women who came to us so broken, afraid, sad, um, in pain, and and little by little, as they opened themselves up to the Lord's healing, um, transform their lives, you know, coming back Mm -hmm. to the sacraments, experiencing peace and joy and finding relationships with their children, finding forgiveness from the people who maybe pressured 
um, them into an abortion or, um, yeah, so many things. I could go on and on and on I about that, Pete. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and I I can't even imagine what you did for all of those women also, sister. Such a privilege. Or men as well, mm -hmm. because you're giving them that yeah. love and that joy, you mm -hmm. know, that they need after mm -hmm. that. So, yeah, if it, we would love for you to come part two, um, for sure. But, yeah, do we want to close in yeah, prayer? Yeah, if you close in prayer, that would be wonderful. And, again, thank you so much for having us. And uh, we'd love thank to hear you. more, but uh love to... Uh, God bless you, sister prayer. Gemma. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah God you're bless wonderful. You. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank do you want Do you want to close, or do you want me to close? You, I open. So you can. Do you want to? I I can. Yeah, sure. Yep. In the name of the, f I'm not worthy. I would tell you that, but uh, <laughs> 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 in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. Um, God, I just wanted to, um, on behalf of Andrew and I, thank you, um, for what you've created here, um, going all the way to Cardinal O'Connor and taking him to Dachau and putting his hand in that crematory and letting him feel in the depths of his heart that how could one man do this to another man? And through that, he came back knowing in his heart he needed to do something, and he decided to do something by creating the Sisters of Life. And without that God, um, this we would not be here right now. Sister Gemma would not be here. Um, living out her life completely and fully um, for you and for all human life. And I just thank you um, for all the love and the joy that you've poured into them, that they in turn um, allow that love and joy to overflow and pour into all of us. We all feel it. We all experience it every time we're around them. And we're so thankful for you, Lord. And we're so thankful for the sisters of life. And um, I would just ask you to continue to um, to call them closer to you and inspire them so that they can keep doing all the amazing, wonderful work that you've placed them here for and created them for. And as always, we ask this in your son, Jesus's name. Amen. Thank you. Pope John Paul II. Pray, pray for, for us. Cardinal O'Connor. Pray, pray for, for us. St. Gianna Mola. Pray, pray for, for us. And St. Gemma Calcani. Pray for us. Pray, pray for, for us. us. In the name Thank of the Father, so and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank Amen. you so much. Thank you.